Will you take the cat? Give give me a number of people I, that you want to be here, and I'll invite that plus like three, because people always bail. People do always bail. People do be like that. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that's hot. It's too hot. It's on fire! Fight a nickel for every time Survivor burned down the forest in the first two seasons. I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice. Six seasons. What did I say? Two. That would be a lot. That would be 100% of seasons if that was the case. I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared... What happened to your math skills? Oh, I've had a long weekend, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. What's what's up with your weekend? Some people would consider this weekend to be a bender. Oh, um, okay. No, that's no, it's not that much. No, better. go no, on. Tell I just, me more. It's Pride weekend. I went out with some friends. I had a good time. And then today I spent all day like getting my hair cut and shopping for Electric Forest and tearing my bed frame apart. So, <laughs> and getting a new bed frame because it turns out Ikea furniture is not meant to be constructed and deconstructed like three times. No. But hey, good for you. You're getting shit done. Get shit done. Get shit done. How was your weekend, Steven? It was good. I went up to Wisconsin to hang out with my family. They don't live in Wisconsin. We just met in the middle. So we booked a... Not Airbnb, it was a VRBO in Wausau, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. The peak of culture. Yeah, I, I don't know. I actually kind of enjoyed it. It was a cool little like ski resort town, mm. and they had a culture fest going on the days we what were there. What culture? They, uh, they have, Wisconsin doesn't have culture. They have a heavier Hmong community. What is Hmong? It is a subsection of Asian... I cannot... It's a nationality of... Okay. I didn't know if it was like a Native American tribe or if it was a, a ethnic group somewhere else that emigrated there. It's an ethnic group, and I want to say it's... Was in China, is in China. Oh, sure. Somewhere in that area. I have always meant to look this up, and I do not do it. <laughs> Oopsie doodles. Sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of different ethnicity or ethnic groups that come from China. It's true. And that's, yeah. Side note, this means nothing to the people who don't know what my face looks like. But I've now had three different people of color ask me, what's your ethnicity? Oh, interesting. And I'm always like, it's white. And they're like, mm, are you sure? And I've now had two of the three say, no, you look like you have some Asian in you for sure. I can see it. Yeah. And my dad's dad's side of the family is like a little bit of a mystery. Okay. So I'm like. I gotta go. I would obviously wouldn't like own any heritage as my own. It's not, but sure. I would be yeah, like I wasn't raised in it or anything like that. But I am now curious because I'm like, okay, one's one is a is a one off statement. Two's a coincidence. Three is a pattern. Are you doing a twenty three and me? Gonna swab your cheeks? And... I might. Or the uh, what's the other one? Ancestry. But that oh, one yeah. I think is relied on like it's people... more data. Yeah, it's data, not like biology. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I just thought that was interesting because my hairdresser said that today. Interesting. Also, is your hairdresser still stalking you? <laughs> no, I haven't heard back from them since. I did have to call to be like, hey, did you schedule me an appointment <laughs> without my consent? 
And the guy's like, no, sometimes that happens to send out emails on accident. And I'm like, I don't know about that. That's wild. H&R Block does that shit. If you go there even once every year, they will schedule you an appointment. And, or it's, they keep one like as pending or whatever. They like hold your spot. Oh, But they send you out the text and the emails like, hey, here's your appointment reminder. If you don't do it, they can't come and like after you for money or whatever. Right. But like, it's meant to be like, wait, I have an appointment. And I guess if you show up, they'd probably honor it. Maybe. I don't know. I would hope so. The first time it happened, I called them. I was like, hey, I didn't make one with you guys. I fucking hate you. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, that's not an actual appointment. I was like, it says it is here. Yeah, that seems like a lie and it not is. allowed. Uh, <laughs> the things are only illegal if they're enforced. <laughs> Jumping back one point, if you are getting maybe Asian, I am getting as white as white bread possible. Yeah, I mean, you look like you'd be on a World War II American propaganda poster. Yay! Not yay, but yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm very pink and very just... Unfortunately, the, the all-American boy by being French-Canadian and a mixture of just about every white nation in Eastern Europe. So, uh, that's me. My favorite interaction with that was the first time when it was a... I was doing a show with someone I didn't really know at the time, and then they became my friend from the show, uh-huh. and he's Latino, and I come into rehearsal, it's we're only like a week into the process, and I walk into the building, he's like sitting down, he's been talking with somebody, he looks over me and goes, hey Jared, you're something, right? And I went, <laughs> what? And he goes, he turns to his friend and goes, ah, he ain't something. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is something. <laughs> Speaking of something, emails. If you want to send us emails, please feel free to do so. You can email us, SurvivorTBT at gmail.com, on Twitter at SurvivorTBT, or Reddit, you slash SurvivorTBT. Jumping into our emails, from first from Connor. Connor, happy you guys are enjoying the season, the location, the animals, most notably the pink dolphins. Look them up as they reside in the Amazon. The cast, the gameplay, and more all hold a special place in my heart and now... My, my then 10 and now my 30-year-old heart. I feel that, Connor. You and me both. My question is, aren't you guys impressed with Christy? She may not be in control of the game, but that doesn't matter. She is likable enough with the guys and for the past like 30-plus days in the Amazon and counting, and nothing short of remarkable. I have a cousin with a hearing impairment and another cousin with Down syndrome. My question also is you guys think the producers could do a better job of casting diverse people like Christy? We have a couple contestants with empty legs coming down the road, but would love to see another hearing impairment contestant or contestant with Down syndrome. Christy set the bar high and was and was doing amazing. It yeah. did amazing in the show. Yep, Christy's Christy's big downfall and why in the episode that hasn't been released yet, I tell, say that she's not a good survivor player yep. is her not believing in herself. Her having the mentality of like, okay, three more days. Okay, three more days. Okay, three more days. And then all of a sudden she's so deep in and she's like, oh, I don't know how to play the strategy. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, I always want to push for more diversity in, in everything. I wonder what the limitation of that is in Survivor specifically. Because like, I've mentioned before, I'm type 1 diabetic. Guess what? There's never going to be a type 1 diabetic on the show. It is literally... Every, you'd have to have so many accommodations at that point you're literally not playing the same game. Yeah. Including, like, a fridge for insulin and, like, regular <laughs> food, which is 
counterintuitive to what the game is. Yep. So I don't know like what the logistic what what things would rule certain types of people out, but I'd love to see them just open it up as much as possible. Yeah. I I agree. I think like more there are so many people out in the world that you can find someone with the perfect scenario of like, oh, you have this thing that affects you, but like it won't negatively affect you in the game. Yeah. So let's let's give you a shot. Or it's just a you have to approach the game from a different angle. And I think about somebody like I don't know a lot about Down syndrome, mm-hmm. but I imagine someone with Down syndrome is going to approach like especially like the social aspect of the game very differently yeah. than from how you or I would. And before they play the game. I don't know if it have, have, has there ever been a contestant with Down syndrome before. I do not believe so. Okay, before that person is cast, you might think, "Oh, that's impossible," or "That's a huge limitation," but actually could be used as a strength. Things that we see yeah. as inherently only being disadvantageous can be used as strengths if wielded the right way. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know until we try. I'm afraid that it would be like a a quick vote out first, but again, we don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it would be. I, I also wonder if there's a certain level of, like, because now the people that they have on current seasons are much more socially conscious mm-hmm. of, like, we cannot bully the contestant with downs and vote them out first kind of thing. You would hope. You would hope. <laughs> but we, again, we don't know. And yeah. also, I, I love I love getting these types of questions. Thank you, Connor. Yeah. Uh, it is kind of funny, though, because, like, what, in what world are Steve and I going to say, no, no more diversity? <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. We've diversified enough. <laughs> No, we're full on board. Like, diversify the hell out of this show. Yeah. Diversify the hell out of the world. I was just listening to a podcast with John Liguizamo, and he's, like, super into forcing workplaces into comply with their diversity missions. Yeah. Like, saying, hey, you said you were going to do this. You didn't do this. Fucking figure it out, dude. I love that. It's great. Next email from Josh. With all the talk about whether Jeff loves this season or not, I figured now would be a great time to revisit Jeff's season's rankings from the first 19 seasons. Mm. So, once again, Borneo, first out of 19. Okay. Australian Outback, eighth out of 19. That's too high. The Amazon, 10th out of 19. That's too low. Africa, 12th of 19. Too high. Marquesas, 18 of 19. Way too low. Thailand, 19 of 19. That makes sense. That's, that one's perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> there is a, a heavy pattern here of these early seasons other than Borneo and Australian Outback are really low, all in the bottom half. And you have to say, some of that has to be nostalgia for Jeff too, right? Or like... It was something new and exciting in Borneo and yeah. Australia. But like that those are his rankings of how much fun he had. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see why he why he doesn't love this season as the host though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just waiting, waiting for the turn mm. for the where Jeff you can see it in Jeff's eyes that he loves it. Mm. And it's not there yet. <laughs> He's good at it, but he doesn't love it yet. I would agree. Also found some interesting quotes from Dina's Reddit AMA. I have never officially been asked to play again. I was sent interest emails before. When I left, though, I said I would never play again. Oh, so well. that, that might have dug your grave a little bit. Well, did she reply to those interest emails? Uh, did she say no? It's a good point. I don't know. I have been blessed with a fairly successful trial career, and I feel I had a higher calling. Also, hmm. I had two young boys. I was selfish once and could not be selfish again. Do I regret going? Heck no. So there's there's that. Yeah. And well, I submitted one tape and I was chosen, but I was chosen for a specific purpose 
and that was as a support to the pretty girls. I was not allowed to let them die. <laughs> I had extensive outdoor experience and I knew how to compete. I was also a natural opponent to Roger in the men versus women landscape. Sure. Good TV right there. It may not is... equate to today's game. That's fair. So it is funny thinking about like the women's tribe. They really... Because, like, yeah, without Dina, they might have all died. Because <laughs> yeah. think about, like, Heidi and Jenna, not exactly hard workers and not exactly great outdoorsman skills. Same with Shauna. Christy, they didn't know how well she would adapt. Like, they're, t they're trying something new, so you can't, like, rely on that, that she would communicate with the tribe well, or that she wouldn't be the first vote off. Janet, who was a stay or a homemaker that didn't know what the fuck she was doing <laughs> and was like, I need to go home right now. Send me away. Joanna... <laughs> who I guess was fine. They, she might have been able to keep them alive. And Jean, who also yeah. didn't seem to have the greatest survival skills. Yeah. Remember the women's camp early in the season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank God we thank, had a Dina. Thank God for Dina. Oh, man. Okay. Moving on to Carl. Carl's episode nine email. This episode pushed Amazon slightly above Marquesas for me. It's the perfect mix of character scenes and strategy. Mm -hmm. I reserve the right to change my mind later if things <laughs> go south, but I doubt that will happen. Speaking of which, to give a snapshot of a contemporary opinion, people basically agreed with Jared. They thought that Amazon was like Marquesas on steroids. They were blown away by the power shifts, and they thought it was hilarious with the Matt stuff and the Rob one-liners, and they hated Heidi. And Jenna really? by association, but mostly Heidi. Wow, okay. Yeah. I can see why. I can see why people hate Heidi. The most important big picture change, though, is during Amazon, people started to watch for the unexpectedness. Back in the day, people mm. watched mostly to see the characters interact and survive in the wild. Every so often, they were surprises. John and Marquesas, the fake merge, etc. But the more or less you knew what, who was going home most episodes. Mm. Or you could at least see it coming. But with all the week-to-week -week surprises in Amazon, the unpredictability started to become an additional reason for people to tune in. Cool. Watching the characters still take center stage, but strategy and surprise become bigger. This season has a great mix of character and game. Notes. The chain, so good. Maybe my favorite part is Matt turning to Butch in the canoe out of nowhere saying, we're going to be like a chain. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and Butch stares at him and goes, what? <laughs> We, we talk about how Matt's a weird fucking guy. We see in this episode, Butch is kind of a weird fucking guy, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, very much so. Has a note for me. I acknowledge it. Thank you. Mm. Gives me a compliment for how I handle things. Huh. Another casual R-word drop, this time from the one and only Heidi. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's gross, and I hope... It's they... so common parlance in the early 2000s that we just... Broad statement, it's terrible, and it makes you cringe every time, but we can't mention it every time it comes up, unfortunately. Yeah. Did you have an assembly ever in, like, school for someone to be like, stop saying it? Maybe. I did, but it was from, like, a, I want to say it was, like, a, a beauty pageant winner, like a Miss Minnesota or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> weird pairing. Stop the word. Like, that was her service project or something. Oh, sure. Which, I mean... By all means, I'm all for it. Good for you. That's one of the few that I actually I, I've seen come to fruition. Yeah, it's a it's a weird messenger for that message. It but, is. Um, it, it absolutely respects is. the message. Yeah, you say Rob seems to be in control of the game, and yeah, he does. And no one realizes it because, as they've said in the interviews, they all just saw him as a goofy kid. Yeah, he's goofball. 
The weapons challenge and the gross food challenge in one episode. It's almost like they changed up the season challenge order to manufacture an episode where Crazy Matt dominates his human companions. <laughs> his human companions. Oh, man. I don't think they did. I think they just have a... I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff. But to me, the impression I get is that they worked really hard to make immunity challenges not physical strength-based. Yeah. And this episode's the first one we get that is... It certainly does look like they're shifting back to their tried and true practices of Wait, toward I think, the end. I think they did that on purpose because they're like, oh, we're doing a men versus women season. Mm-hmm. Let's not make all of the immunity challenge brute strength challenges. As they should. They As really they should. should. And I think that, that was a really smart choice, but I think it caused things like, okay, well, what would typically be, you know, early in the season, like a gross eating food challenge. Let's save that for individual and make it later. <laughs> he also goes on to say he could have done so much grosser than what he got to eat. And I would have paid to see just continuing to oh. raise the stakes on him. <laughs> just like, all right, we're going to keep going, Matt. We have grosser options. We had tiebreakers. We didn't think we'd have to use them. $10,000 per thing that you eat. <laughs> just let him keep going. For the love of God, we're talking about Brian again. Dead. <laughs> I have to disagree. I don't think Brian would have been nearly as careless as Dina was in that episode. Boarding the backstab plan to everybody and not at least pretending to listen to their opinions on it. That's true. Brian called the shots in some episodes, but it was never in a commanding way, except for the final four when he was already safe with Clay and Jan. I think he was more subtle than you give him credit for. That's not to say Dina's a bad player. I think she just underestimated the bonds between the rest of her alliance. Fucking love Dina. I love Dina. Yeah. Was waiting for Rob to make a sophomore joke about Heidi's assets during the scene in Tribal Council. Also, I love when Heidi lists her actual assets, strength and intellect, and says, one's gone now. And Jeff slams her by saying, which one? We'll talk about it in this episode. Yes, we will. Heidi's perception of herself and everyone else's perception of Heidi, like that Venn diagram has zero overlap. We'll, we'll talk about it, yeah. It's a nice sentiment that the early season players are brought back because the game has changed. That's, yeah. yeah. But I think that was 99% of ratings decisions since they were early seasons were so big. Still, though, we have some notes about future contestants. I mean, I get it, but still. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Fun season. I can already tell these finale emails are going to be some theses. Ah, theses. Well, I was already wrong about who the final two is, but but my winner pick's still still in the race. That's fair. All right. That's all the emails. Shall we? We shall. Let's get to it. Bumper. Do it to it. All right. This episode came out on May 8th of 2003. Not a lot happened in the week between episodes, so I just pulled something I thought was interesting. New Hampshire's famous Old Man of the Mountain collapses. Have you ever seen what is The Old that? Man of the Mountain? It's a... It was a naturally occurring geological... What would that be called? Geological... Formation? Formation. Thank okay. you. Yes, geological formation. Uh, this is what it looked like. Oh, So it was like a tourist attraction. It literally looks like a face, like, protruding out from a mountain. Okay. Uh, I was gonna. I was thinking like Crazy Horse in South Dakota, but that makes more sense. No, no. This is, like, completely naturally occurring as far as I know. Yep. Experts said that over centuries of freezing and thawing, the rocks gave way. It wasn't a question of if it would fall, but when. Uh, there's, like, Profile Plaza stands as a tribute to the old man. So they, like, made a m- monument to it because it was, like, a New Hampshire thing cool. for a long time. Okay. 
the number one song of the week has changed. Whoa. We did not get all the way through Amazon on one song, unfortunately. It is Get Busy by Sean Paul. Can we go back? <laughs> <laughs> Next week, it's if we go back, it's the same one. <laughs> uh, movies have also changed quite dramatically in the last week. Holes at number five. Okay. Still. The Lizzie McGuire movie at number four. All right. I think we talked about that. Did but... we? Okay. Never mind then. Maybe they didn't change so much. Anger Management at three. Identity at two. And then X-Men 2. Ooh, X-Men 2. X-Men 2. And just to put it in, co- in comparison of how much bigger X-Men 2 was, on this day it grossed $4.6 million. <laughs> number two, Identity, grossed 766000 Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. What do you think the Rotten Tomatoes rating for X-Men 2 is? Oh, man. I bet it's not as good as I'm thinking it's going to be. I'm going to go 59. 85. Both audience and audience. Dang, okay. Wait. Both critic and audience. There you go. I cannot talk today, which is great for making a podcast. Honestly, I'm in the same boat. I've been talking all weekend, so I'm I'm on my burning fumes here. All right. Cool. That's That's all I got. All right. Can we just talk about how... Sir Patrick Stewart has done it for so long. He's so good. He's so good. And Ian McKellen, too, has just been in so many goddamn movies. One of my favorite stories, I want to say it was Sir Patrick Stewart, but it could have been Ian McKellen, is they both are like big Shakespeare guys. Yeah. And one of them was in, I want to say it's Henry IV Part Two, but maybe it's Henry V, where the Henry is reading off the names of all of the soldiers. Mm-hmm. And... He had never memorized them. Yep. And then they gave him the wrong scroll one day. And so he just, like, said the three that he remembered and was like, and all the others, and yeah. just moved along. <laughs> I love that interview where he talks about that. We had that conversation because we had a, a similar thing going on in our show where I had uh, an entire speech where it was supposed to be read, but I'm like, yeah, I should have it memorized. And you're like, memorize it, damn it. You have to. <laughs> I did. You did. I didn't need it, but I did. <laughs> All it takes is one piece of paper getting left somewhere else, and then... Yeah. Can you imagine? That's like a page-long monologue yeah. that is circular and very all over the place. Trying to fabricate that on the spot would have been something. You can't. Well, you could, maybe. It wouldn't be what the author intended, but no. it, you could fuck around and find out on that one. So anyway, the Amazon heats up. The Amazon. Also, I need to apologize to Sir Ian McKellen. I gave Sir Patrick Stewart the the title, but I didn't give Sir Ian McKellen his title. That's true. How dare you? I know. Fucking rude. Okay. The Amazon. The Amazon heats up. Episode 13. So the first thing I wrote down is the banner is iconic. (laughs) My note aged like milk before the episode was over. Jared, you're getting better at this. (laughs) Every time. We're, just, we're closing the gap of how fast these notes How quickly change. can I be wrong? Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. Jenna. We open up. Jenna is ill. Jenna is tired and sick. I have flaringitis. Do you know what flaringitis is? That can't be real. Is that real? Let's, let's Google. <laughs> flaringitis is the inflammation of the, the pharynx, which is in the back of the throat and is often referred to as simply a sore throat. So she has a sore throat? So, oh, maybe this isn't pharyngitis. This is pharyngitis. I I think she made some bullshit up. I feel like we're making shit up. 
What is flaringitis? I don't doubt that she's sick, but I do doubt that this is a legitimate medical diagnosis. Yeah, I, I don't know about this. Maybe we're just raising the stakes with more scary sounding words. Okay. It's laryngitis, but it's laryngitis too. <laughs> Shut up. And the girls are talking. They're like, eh, things have changed. We don't, we're not as mad at you anymore, Rob. I don't feel betrayed because what you did benefited me. Uh, hey, hey, um, ladies, fuck off. They're so entitled. Yeah. They're the worst. I enjoy them, but they're kind of awful. Like, they didn't start out as awful, but they make each other worse. I agree. And they're so clicky. They've forgotten they're playing. It's high school. They've forgotten they're playing a game and not in high school. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we'll talk about more this episode. But their behavior is so bad. Yeah, I agree. But what baffles me is that Rob, feeling very confident in himself now, just straight up tells Heidi, yeah, I'm voting for you next. Stupid. You're going home. Stupid. I mean, he's right. And he's like, they're they're so much more chill than you just tell them. What the fuck? <laughs> just vote out Rob. And they do try. But, like, yeah. we don't see them try to swing Matt or Butch. And maybe they couldn't. Maybe... At that point, the chain is too strong. <laughs> and we're, we're pitching that, like, hey, we could do better. Like, you want to bring Butch? Like, who you and you and Butch? Butch is a moron. He, he's a goat. But, like, I get it. If you're bringing Butch, that makes sense to me. Sure. Oh, man. And Heidi then talks to Jenna and is like, I'm going to go out swinging. Proceeds to not go out swinging. Yeah. Proceeds to... To make one tepid remark about, like, hey, maybe Jenna should go home before me, and then do nothing. Yeah. And in the previous episode, like, the end of the previous episode, they try to make that a big deal. Like, oh, maybe she's gonna turn on her finally. And it's nothing. That's all. We see every every bit of that in the next time on from last episode. It's literally all of it. Maybe there was more that was done that we just didn't see because it didn't matter, but it was a pretty weak attempt. It was. And they, they talk, they're like, ah, Rob didn't drag us here, we got ourselves here. I'm like, well... That's more true in Jenna's case than Heidi's. Tell me why. It's, it's the tribe swap. Mm-hmm. From what we hear from everyone else, but don't get to see, Jenna was a very active player in the Jenna, Dina, Rob group that flipped the game on its head. Okay. Heidi has not made one move that benefits her the entire game. I agree. I agree. Even the the Dave trade of like sacrificing Jean was did not help her. It didn't help her at all. Yeah. It made her position worse. <laughs> she just instead of fighting just gave up. It was like, "No, but this puts me on the right side." No, it, it delays your death by by one more vote. <laughs> Which was enough to was, give her credit. Was enough. But ever since then, she has not she hasn't instigated, maybe she's gone along with, hasn't instigated any move that has helped her. Okay. And only instigated moves that have hurt her. All right. Cool. And then we move on, and we have this beautiful aside of... Butch hates trees. Butch is gathering the most firewood. We cannot stop. We have more than enough firewood, maybe to last us the entire game. I don't think that's true, but still. No, they, I mean... Looking at the camp, they only are there for five more days. Yeah. I think they have more than enough. <laughs> Butch just needs a routine, and yeah. 
his mortal enemy is trees. <laughs> the man hates trees. But man, he loves looking for those dry trees. Though. Oh, he loves getting in those mm. dry trees. I will say, there's a on TikTok a lot. You get a lot of like a lot of people think they're autistic because they see TikToks like, wait, that's me. And then there's I've seen other TikToks or like internet content around like. Oh yeah, no, autism didn't exist before the 90s. Your dad that just got mad if his chair was slightly out of place and really liked model trains was totally neurotypical. <laughs> and part of me's like, I'm not I would never try to diagnose somebody. But like part of me's like, Butch, that's a very specific routine you have to have that confines with certain types of neurodivergence that I am interested in for him. <laughs> Because it seems like Butch has to do the same things every day or he loses his mind just mm-hmm. in what we get in this episode. Like, it is readily apparent from everyone else that they do they do not need more firewood. But the man gets the same amount every day. He's out for the same amount of time every day. It's hilarious. And I don't even know if it's a neurodivergent thing. It could have also just been he's so bored and he has nothing else to That's do. True. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, he is too much firewood. He's way too much firewood. And he's, I guess Rob is going along with it. He's like, I don't know how I became the junior deputy firewood bitch. <laughs> I love that. That was a great line. Oh, man. And so he's he's getting a bunch of wood. He's stacking it. And we... What, and like, why can't we have three minutes in every episode before this? About Butch's side adventures. Like, yeah. why can't we just have three minutes of what Butch does for three days we every episode? Have a, we could have a jingle and just, like, cut aside to Butch doing his thing. Yeah! I would love it. It'd be great. And so, he he's so happy about it, though. He's dancing. He's dancing like a toddler that the doesn't dancing! know how to, how to move his body. It's so good! It's so good. I love it. I'm, I'm sad that they've buried Butch since the merge. Yeah. If this is the Butch we could have been seeing for the last few episodes. At least a little bit of. This is the Butch we all know and love. <laughs> dancing and getting the firewood. And then we move on to reward challenge. We have the do-over challenge. It, hey, it's a good version of it, but we get a sneak peek. <gasps> a sneak peek, you say? Yeah, so Fuck there, off with this. <laughs> there's a bunch of different sections of things that we've already seen. And one section that we haven't seen, but we will use, I guess, kind of. I mean, yes, it is. but I'm It is, but it's the weakest part of it and the thing that you do in your backyard when you're a kid. Yeah. So let me, let me break down this challenge here. There are five different phases. There's the escape the cage, which is not nearly as interesting as the escape the cage from earlier. Correct. They're just untying knots and not reaching for a key. Correct. We then have a puzzle, a, a board puzzle that you just move the sections around. Admittedly, kind of a hard puzzle. Yeah. And people struggle on it. Yeah. It's the, the shape isn't readily apparent and like you can have it in the wrong order and it still looks kind of right. Mm-hmm. We have the new thing, a rope swing. Fuck off with this. Which is so dumb. You it's... couldn't have done, there, we see the immunity challenge, which is a cool immunity challenge. Yeah. They have all of these other ones that could have been the sneak peek. You chose a rope swing, in which case, if you fall, like, Butch doesn't rope swing across this. Butch, like, runs and has the rope in his hands, and Jeff's like, <laughs> and Butch is across the rope swing! I'm like, oh, so this is something they can't even fail. Yeah. Cool. I mean, they could. They could eat shit and fall on their back, but... Okay, outside of injury, you yeah. can't fail it. No, you're right. It's just a bad section, and I think because of the gap they had and they didn't know what to do with it, they're just like... I don't know, let's, let's put the rope swing in. You're probably right. 
Survivor loves to fly by the seat of their pants. We have the Dakota ring, and finally the flying fox, arguably one of the worst parts of a challenge that they could have grabbed. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't do anything to the challenge. No, it's just a cool spectacle. Yeah. Like, once Matthew solves the decoding puzzle, it's over. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to catch up. No, not at all. So, before we even start the challenge, Jenna's like, my small body can only handle so much. I am so ill. I am so beat up. I don't know if I can do this. All right. Thanks, Jenna. Thanks, Jenna. We we didn't ask. (laughs) But we're playing for a new car. And this is a nice car. This is a nice car. It's a Saturn Ion. It's red, and it looks real nice. I mean, I don't know anything about cars, but it looks like a nice car. It does. And this time, there wasn't the shot of Jeff running them over on the beach. (laughs) Jeff drives them down. (laughs) No, this one was weird because it was kind of hidden in the trees. Yeah. And I don't know if they saw it or not, or they were just told to pretend that they didn't see it. But when they told him like, "Hey, you can't look over in this direction. Yeah, look Into... over there. It's a car. Stay looking over to the right only. <laughs> look over here. Look at me. Look at me. Keep looking at me. Hey, what car? <laughs> yeah. Can we look now? Can we? Yes. Can we... Okay, yes, you okay. can look. Please look. <laughs> and also a tailgate party. So there you go. That's the thing. We. Do the challenge. Let's see. Heidi cannot untie a knot to save her fucking life. Heidi can't do a knot. Butch gets out of the cage first. Yeah. So there's hope for Butch. We have a, a leader at three different parts of the challenge. Yeah. Um, Butch is leading for a little while, and then Rob's leading for a little while, and then Matt leads and wins. Yep. Butch does the cage really well. Rob does the, the puzzle really well. Yeah, he was really fast at that. He just shows how intelligent he is. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't figure out the decoder ring he very well. He couldn't do the decoder ring. I don't know. And... I don't know. Those seem very deceptively challenging to me. Mm. I've done them before, but even still, it takes a second to figure out, okay, what does this actually mean? I wonder if Matt, we don't see him complete the whole thing. I wonder if he grabbed like some letters and then just filled in the rest. I mean, that's all you really need. Yeah. Is if you can figure out the pattern and what you're going for, then like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. This is right, right? Cool. Thanks. Done. And he does. Uh, Wild type things don't work in escape rooms very well. Yeah. Matt starts leading, he takes off, he finishes the flying fox, and it's it's over from there. He grabs the key, he's super excited. Everyone comes and piles in, he's like, come on, get in, we're getting AC in the car. I would almost be okay with Matt winning now. Okay. Almost? I still, Rob is just so much of a better player than him, mm-hmm. and than anyone else on this season. <laughs> but Matt has become charming. Okay. I do have to bring up, I'm obligated to the bring car up curse? the car curse. Yeah. Does he break the car curse? I don't think so. Okay. The thing is, I also think Matt's going to do, like, let's say, no matter what happens, he's going to do horrible at Final Tribal if he makes it. <laughs> Are you saying that his lack of social skills will be a hindrance in Final Tribal Council? Yes, and what he's told us over and over again, his resume is, I am bad at the game but I can survive in the woods real good, (laughs) which I don't think plays at a final tribal. I will say, though, the most endearing part of this whole thing for Matt is he's like, Jeff, can I please take everybody on the tailgate? Please? No, hits it with a newspaper. (laughs) Jeff basically like, no, you know that's not how this works. Shut (laughs) up. Stop trying to make me the bad guy. You're the bad guy. You're the bad guy here. And yeah, he's like, no, you only get to pick one. Like, okay, I made a promise with Rob before this game that we would 
take each other. I don't know. He didn't say what the promise was, but that's what I assume it was. Yeah, I, it, it sounded like he said before the challenge, yeah. which is like, oh, okay. All right. If you're Butch, you got some questions about that, but yeah. okay. Nope, we don't. <laughs> we don't at all. Well, Butch has bigger problems coming up. Butch does have bigger <laughs> problems. So yes, he takes Rob. They go off. They they start having their tailgate. And Rob's like, hey, when you go away, like when you go back to China, can I borrow your car? <laughs> he said, and then in confessional us, he's like, if he ever goes back to Asia or whatever planet he came from, <laughs> God damn it, Rob. I yeah. love you. Sorry, Hong Kong. Not China. Sure. That's a, a that's national diplomacy. That's that's a different issue. Anyway, yeah. Rob's just a goofy son of a bitch, and yeah. I love him. I just love the whatever planet you come from. Yeah. Ugh. When you go away, can I borrow it? Can I tell all the chicks it's mine? <laughs> that's so funny. God damn it, Rob. And look at all those burgers. Those burgers are chonky burgers. Those are big burgers. Yeah. I do have to point out, though, that they're like, yeah, the chicken. Yeah, I don't know. Chicken doesn't need to cook very long. <laughs> it doesn't need to cook that long. Throw it on the outside of the ring. That is the opposite of how it works. So chicken. final three challenges be Rob and Matt barfing their guts out with salmonella. Why Butch just walks away with the idol. <laughs> please, please cook your chicken more than you cook your ground beef. Hey, yeah. Cook, cook your chicken real fucking good. Yeah. We need it. <laughs> While this is happening, we get flashbacks back and forth the entire time. It's of really good editing. Fire. Oh, fire. <laughs> fire. It's, it starts catching, and then it takes up the whole shelter that they built for their fire, which I get why it's there. I get why you're trying to block the fire from... The fire shelter's smart until the wood that makes the fire shelter dries out. Yeah. And also, they mention and we see, there's like wood stacked behind the fire. Yeah. Because butchers run out of places to put wood in a jungle. I cannot stress that enough. In a jungle, Butch has run out of places <laughs> to keep his wood. In a place where there's actively no one else, we are out of places to put wood. The best place to put it is right behind the fire. <laughs> yeah. And then they get back and Butch is like, oh no, how could this have happened? Wait, maybe it's all that wood I stored there. Guess we'll never know nah. whose fault this is. It's nobody's fault. I see no problems with this. everyone's like, you fucking idiot, it's your fault. Yeah. The uh, the cuts there were really funny to me. Of the, okay, fire. Oh no, the Ted Lasso banner. Oh no, the shelter. Oh no. Oh, the Magic 8-Ball. Oh, that's very <laughs> depressing. I forgot about the Magic 8-Ball. Yeah. So everyone shows up and they realize that everything is burnt on that side shelter. Their bags were on there, which... Okay, hold on. If you're storing your bags somewhere and you have a shelter, why are you putting your bags on the shelter that is actively sheltering fire? No, it was it was the shelter that was next to the fire shelter. But I listen, I wouldn't have that kind of foresight. Like sure. I'd leave them where I was because I didn't plan on catching half the camp on fire. Sure. There were three active structures. There were the the place where they sleep. The place where, I don't know, I guess they store their stuff. Like, it, they called it the backup shelter. Yeah. And the place where the fire was being sheltered. Yeah. And it took, this fire took down the place the fire was being stored and the backup shelter with all their stuff in it. Yes. And <laughs> all of their bags. Except for Heidi's. Except for Heidi's, which was underneath. 
Do you think that was part of the reason she got done in? Or did that not even matter? I don't think that mattered. Yeah. I I don't think anyone held it against her. And she clearly felt bad about it. And yeah. not that she needed to express to people that she felt bad about it. But that kind of thing, unless you're a, an active sociopath, it's hard to pretend like you feel bad or pretend like you're relieved. And her first instinct was compassion towards everyone else. I think that's a really hard thing to hold against somebody especially like if butch's bag was the only one that got saved butch would be fucking gone there are many things that heidi does wrong in this game yes she does have a good strength in emotional intelligence yes when the priorities align correct i would agree with that okay (laughs) and jenna's jacket and letters were burnt up from home and like we said the magic eight ball the banner all of these things that were (laughs) Jenna mentions a couple things that were burned that uh-huh. were that were irreplaceable. Yeah. You were not in a fraternity, right? I was not. Okay, I was. Okay. And she mentions the pledge crown and the Zeta sweatshirt. Now, usually how it works is like you get stuff passed down to you that's been passed down for years, like clothing. Mm-hmm. You're really... Some of it you keep, some of it you're supposed to continue to pass down because otherwise it just... Or you can pass it down like 20 years later or whatever. I know it's important, but there's so much of that shit. Yeah. Like, oh, there's God, yeah. so much of your sorority shit. And, like, there will be more shit. The pledge crown, like, that must have been a personal item. Why did you bring that? <laughs> like, that is actually, like, I, I don't have any, like, real, like, physical things I cherish in my time in a, in a very arts fraternity, mind you. Not a very classic fraternity. But if I had something that was, like, really tied me and she's pretty young too she's she's probably just out of college so it's very fresh for her don't bring that to the amazon jungle sure fire besides the whole fire thing like i don't know that's just insane to me like oh no my precious heirloom (laughs) why did you bring a precious heirloom into the jungle i get it but you don't expect like your item to be destroyed but if it gets wet if it gets crushed like, I can't imagine a pledge crown is that sturdy. I don't know. We're speculating a lot, but I was just like, that's insane to me. <laughs> yeah. She was born in 81, so she would have been, what, 22? 22. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... She probably just graduated. It's viable that she was... I Yeah, she either just graduated or in, like, her senior year of college. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> what a bummer. Anyway, yeah, Butch is like, mm... Now I guess we're really going to have to believe in ourselves. God, I, I don't know where I wrote this down. It was for this entire section. Butch, just stop talking. Butch, please. There's so many points where Butch is like clearly knows it's his fault. Yeah. But won't say it. And I mean, everyone else clearly knows it's his fault. And yeah, but he just keeps talking like he's waiting for somebody to say, no, Butch, it's not your fault. And nobody's saying it. And so he just keeps talking. Yeah. Yeah. Just take the L. Back at the reward, Rob and Matt are talking, and Rob's like, I've run out of credit and trust in this game. Like, Correct. I'm here because, like, I've fucked a bunch of people over. And, I don't know, you wouldn't be here without me, Matt, and I wouldn't be able to finish this out without you. And notice how he phrases that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say, I wouldn't be here without you. But that's also true. I mean, he would be in the final five. Without Matt. If he doesn't turn on Alex, he'd still be in the final five. Correct. I Yeah, okay. I get, I get what you're saying. That makes sense. 
And Rob says that Matt's the player in the driver's seat now. I think he is. Tell me more. It doesn't seem like he's going to lose another challenge. <laughs> the man is getting stronger. He's another person that, like, if if the where are they now is just he went back to the Amazon and nobody's heard from him in 20 years and now he just lives in the jungle, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. He is thriving out there. And he's made... <laughs> I mean, he's not very good at strategy, but he's made side deals with Rob and Butch. So outside of, sure, Rob could have flipped again, not on Matt because he had immunity, but could have taken the two girls like they wanted and been like, hey, let's vote out Butch. But then he's, then Rob has a good point. He's like, then I would just betrayed everyone always. And at some point you have to stop flipping. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, his, his life is in Matt's hands. He, Matt, this episode, honestly, if he was a really savvy player would go to the two girls and be like, Hey, let's get rid of Rob because Rob is probably the only one that can beat Matt at final tribal. Mm, interesting. All right. Which is wild to say. Yeah. And then Matt comes back to us and he's like, I have to stab one of two people in the back here. Yeah. And obviously he's talking about Rob and Butch, like his two closest allies here, but still I love that he's thinking. It is true. He has learned how to think. <laughs> oh man so then matt and rob get back and they're like fuck man come on this is very pointed conversation of matt's like i believe in fate i believe that this is inevitable and there was probably too much wood stacked up next to it not gonna point any fingers but there was probably too much wood juxtapose that with rob being like oh it was no one's fault (coughs) butch (coughs) butch (coughs) fucking butch yeah. I will say, the camp burning down might have also just won Rob a million dollars. Ooh, tell me why. Because Matt was already weighing, I'm going to stab one of them in the back. I think the, the scale was already probably in Rob's favor because of how close they've been. Mm-hmm. Are you going to take the guy that burned down the camp? The final two? I would. Well, yeah, but that's because you want to win and know how to win. Sure. Matt is an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It, also, the problem with Butch is he is very likable. Yeah. He does come off as a bumbling idiot in this episode, but he is very likable. Yes. And there are clearly people on that jury who like him very much. Yes. Anyway, they want to rebuild the fire shelter. The three guys are building it. The ladies are like, nah, I don't feel bad for not helping. I'm going to sit right here. Yeah, so two things I'm going to say. One, I want to call back to a few episodes ago when Rob was like, I want to get rid of Dave so I can snuggle with Heidi. <laughs> Jenna took your spot, my guy. Yeah. Jenna's the one snuggling with Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the girl's argument here is horrible. It's horrible. There, It comes down to, I've worked hard, which is objectively not true. <laughs> From everything we've seen, that is not the case. This is what the third aside you had of like, well, I'm just going to do nothing then. You I'm taking make me my mad. ball and going home. Yep. So they mixed that, but with I've worked hard, but no, I'm not going to help. And earlier, I'm going to go down swinging. Those are all over the place. Yeah. You cannot form a coherent camp life out of this. And it just seems like Heidi goes with wherever her emotions go. I agree. I agree. And that's not to say, this, like, I'm not doing the stereotypical, like, oh, she's a woman. She's over emotional. Heidi, though is whatever she is, when she has strong feelings, they dictate what her actions are going to be, it seems like. Yeah. 
And I would say Jenna is the same. Yes. To a point, to a point. Yeah, yeah. Jenna, I would say less so, unless that feeling is vengeance. <laughs> Jenna gets blinded vengeance. by vengeance, but the rest of the time she's been a little bit more okay. that, level-headed. Yeah. That's fair. Except when it comes to her personal body and falling apart. Well, sure. Yeah. Okay, anyway, moving on to the immunity challenge. Oh, by the way, the immunity necklace was also burnt in that fire. <laughs> I love that we didn't acknowledge that until we absolutely had to. Like, yeah, right? Oh, half of the immunity necklace is gone. <laughs> it's I'm, just gone. I'm surprised it was only half. Yeah. I think, a ca- I'm guessing a camera guy probably saved it. Someone had to, right? Yeah. They had to be like, oh, shit. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go take that away. That's not replaceable. We don't have a backup. Right. Oh, boy. Which later seasons they do a backups. <laughs> this is a good learning opportunity. You wonder why. Anyway. This same immunity challenge is done in season 42. This this one? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Tell me tell me more. Well, the uh, literally, like, the. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it was all the exact same, but, like, starting in the middle, a rope thing underneath it, and then a bunch yes. of different ropes challenges. Yes. And this is, I don't know if this is the first time we've seen it, but you're going to see this similar f- framework in a lot of final five, final six It's a great challenges. challenge. It's great. It could have been done better for this one. Mm. I think it was set up for a very physically dominated person to win this. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. Because okay. this is the first physical immunity challenge we've had the entire the entire season. Uh, individual immunity. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. So, like, okay, yeah, you had one. Like, you should have at least one. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. I like, I don't know, I like it. But Matthew is so much more physically dominant than everyone else that it was kind of boring to watch. Like, there was no suspense of who was going to win. I would have liked the obstacles to be a little more challenging. I Mm. think some of them were pretty good. I think, like, the the one where there were just the the circle boards. Yes, that's a good one. That was a good one. But just, like, a rope swing? Yeah, that sucked. Well, the rope swings actually look like they're kind of... I think they need to be farther apart. Yeah, I mean, it was difficult for Butch, but he is also the old man. Nobody yeah. else really seemed to struggle. The rope it. swing is way too easy. Yeah, the, uh, the climbing through the rope tube, that also seemed pretty easy. See, I was actually thinking that one looked kind of difficult. Oh, really? But man, I saw Butch do it. Oh, okay, well, that's fair. I don't know. I like the framework. I think this is one of the worst iterations of it. Okay, gotcha. I don't have a lot to compare it to. Fair. So we'll We'll get better at it. I like the bones. Yeah, it's got lots of bones. Lots of rope bones. Rones, as they were. Ah, yeah. So Matt gets ahead early on and then just continues to be ahead. And at one point, they there's an editing mistake in there. Did you catch it? No. We see Matt put the same feather up twice. Oh, really? Because they're showing, like, two, two other contestants. Ah. And in one of them, like, Matt's, like, right there doing it. And the other one, he's, like, in the background. You see him, like, not that far in the background, but, like... He's not the focus. That's funny. And I was like, wait a minute. He just was there. Hold up. <laughs> that does happen. That'll, that'll yeah. happen. It's funny. My favorite part of this challenge was him practically hip-checking Jenna off the circle cross. Oh my god, yeah. He was so fast at that. The disc walk. Yeah. <laughs> to the point Jeff's like, dude, your knees. Ow. <laughs> yeah. He's not even in danger. And he's like, and I fucking won't be. No. Don't. Get in my way, damn it. God, how much different would this game be if Dina had just eaten that beetle? The world may never know. Wow, it won't. <laughs> so yes, Matt wins. Matt absolutely just walks away with this one. Yeah. 
And we get back to camp, Jenna's breaking down. How am I supposed to enjoy my last few days here when I feel this miserable? She knows she's going. She knows she's sick and tired of this goddamn game. Just take me out. She also is going, like, talking through some... She's like, oh, this hurts, and this hurts. She's like, and I'm having chest pains. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's very different. We need yeah. to get medical here right the fuck now. Yeah, it's like... Chest pains is bad. Don't fuck with chest pains. Doesn't matter that you're 22. Don't fuck with chest pains. Yeah. And this is where Heidi's like, I don't know, like, it feels wrong, right? Like, we should send her home next because she's very ill and very, like, doesn't want to be here. <laughs> We're just doing Shauna again. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to be here, so at least keep me for three more days. When she tries to put words in Jenna's mouth, she's like, yeah, Jenna doesn't think she can make it. And Rob's like, it's one more day. Yeah. Like, it's literally one day. Yeah. And she's like, no, but I, I think I think she can't. Heidi, you want to try to win one more immunity challenge? Hey. I get it. I'm all for shoot your shot. Like, I'm glad she's finally putting, like, friendship aside. And, like, I will never hurt this girl. Well, I mean, honestly, is it really hurting her? Like, when she doesn't get voted off, Jenna cries. Yeah. We did, we did Shauna again. We're just holding... I, Again, if I had a nickel for every person that was held hostage this season, I'd have two nickels. Not a lot. Weird that it happened twice. Weird that it happened twice. Yep. And we get to Tribal. Tribal is pretty uneventful for me, other than Jeff trying to throw Butch under the bus for the fire. Yeah. Like, everyone knows what happened, and Jeff's just trying to be like, so Butch, do you feel like maybe it was your fault, Butch? Butch never said I'm sorry. No. God, no. He should just say he's sorry. Stupid. Everyone knows it's you. You know it's you. He's too boomer for that. Just apologize. No, he's not gonna do it. I want to talk about Heidi's tribal speech. Go on. Because it's maybe the worst thing I've heard someone say at tribal in a, in a very long time. Okay. It's so out there. And I know what she's doing. She's like, they ask, Jeff asks her like, you know, who would you want to bring with you or whatever or and, and she's like, somebody that played a good game. Like, I don't want to just drag somebody there because they're easy to beat. Mm -hmm. Trying to, like, goat someone's, like, competitive instinct to be like, yeah, I'm a competitor. And being like, that I got all these guys here that are afraid of me. I don't think that's true, Heidi. Yeah. I don't think they're afraid of you. I agree with And everyone's you. stifling, like, a laugh or, like, side-eye, like, trying not to, like, bring attention to themselves while she's saying this. I'm like, I, you had potential, but, like, you've self-destructed for, like, 10 days straight. Ever since you took power in the five with Alex, you've been acting shitty. And then when you lost power, you were acting even shittier. I don't think anyone's worried about you. Remember when I said the emotional intelligence was really high? Yeah. The logic and reasoning is not up there. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. And yeah. I respect it as a, like, yes, make your case, but like, oh, you're, that's a bad case. That's, Maybe think that over. Try it again. <laughs> yeah. Anything else from Tribal? No. No. Heidi goes. Heidi is voted out right before the final episode. And Heidi does not come back. I'm not that surprised. No. Yeah. The love of your life. Not coming back. <laughs> my, one of my early... One of my first crushes. Yeah. One of my first TV crushes. Some... Well, first, how do you feel like Heidi would do in Future Survivor? Not very good. Okay. Yeah. I mean... I do think without Jenna, she plays better. They just, like I said, they bring out the worst in each other. They have this weird click mentality that I don't really care for and isn't very good for the game either. Yeah. I don't know. She she never did anything that helped her position. 
She was in a good position for a lot of the game, but then when she wasn't, or at times where she should have probably, where she had the tools to put herself in a better position, she just didn't. Just didn't do it. So I think she's probably usually a pre-merge vote, and this was a really good season for her. Yeah, I agree. I think she can use her like smarts and use her sex appeal to get her far in the game. Mm-hmm. But this did seem like a, a nice whirlwind of, oh, all these people want to be around me and I'm going to continue to ride their coattails and not make a single move of my own. And that's fine. That That is a strategy in and of itself, right? If you want yes. to ride coattails for a little while, that makes total sense. Yeah. Her game could have been really good after Alex left. And the fact, really, it's the way she treated people before Alex left, though. Like, you didn't... Rob's superpower this season is creating relationships with every single person where they don't have to trust him, but they understand him. Yeah. So, like I said, Heidi doesn't come back. Interesting facts about Heidi, though. Heidi did not apply for this show. What? Heidi initially applied for The Amazing Race with her grandfather as her partner. (laughs) But due to Mark Burnett's insistence, she applied for Survivor instead. She had not watched Survivor prior to competing. What? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's hilarious. Amazing Race would be a good show for her. That Amazing, actually makes sense. Yeah. And Heidi says living in the Amazon took a toll on her health. She had the spider bites. She had parasites that hurt her kidneys Ooh. and lost a lot of weight. And just a, a lot going on there. And this is a little bit of a spoiler for the reunion show. Okay. This is the perfect time to bring it up. Okay. In the reunion show, Jeff reveals that Heidi has the highest IQ out of any contestant in the show. Wow. So. I mean, there's nothing to say she's not book smart. No. She she, just can't read a room. She's intelligent. She's just, you're right. It's, this isn't the game for her. No. And clearly not a game that she signed up for. (laughs) Yeah, right? So, yeah. So wait, we've taken, we've. We've made two people hostages inside the season, and then we hostaged Heidi into the show. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You're protagonist of the episode. (laughs) It's Butch. Weirdly enough. (laughs) I mean, this is kind of... Everything that happens this episode is kind of Butch's fault. The other other argument you can make is Matthew, but, like, the vote this episode isn't important. The no. vote is is pretty much a done deal from the time the episode starts. They tell us three minutes in what right. this, the, the vote's <laughs> going to be, and then they're like, okay, now watch this fire. So the rest of the story of this episode is Butch being a crazy person and, like, and like burning the camp down, and then being a weird, bumbling guy about it, and also, by association, sending Jenna into a depression spiral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a fun episode. It's it's quaint and like they did the best of what they have with final fives or final sixes can be tough because if you have a group of four, like the story is now character instead of strategy because what are you, the two can't do anything. Yeah. There's no immunity that can save them. It can only save one of them. So you just take out the other. Now, once we get in the world of hidden immunity idols and shit like that, that could be interesting. Yeah, but hidden, hidden immunity idols do usually have a cutoff at five. Right, so using the final six. No, you can use it at five. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. So, we'll get to that when we get there. Anyway, that's all I have. Anything for you? No, it's a fun episode. I am... It's weird that for a show that came out, came out in 2003, I'm going to be in suspense. <laughs> because I'm busy the whole next week. And I don't want to watch it so long before we record right. that I don't remember everything. Yep. So... I won't, I can't watch the finale for like a week. Ooh, okay. 
and it's weird that we've recreated circumstances in which I am I we are leaving on a cliffhanger for a season that ended in 2003 that was spoiled in 2003. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so enjoy your week of like oh god I want to watch Survivor but it's I can't I can't do it yet. Yeah, especially because I'm going to be going to a music festival between here and there. So like I really don't want to do it before I go to a music festival. No. And especially not that music festival. <laughs> All right. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Trinity Bay Tide podcast. We move on. Next episode's the finale. We then move on to the next season. Do you want to double down? We've established who your winner pick is. Yes. We're down to four. Yes. Do you want to stick with your winner pick? I want to stick with my winner pick. And, and I want to refresh the people who that was. Rob. Yep. And Matthew, I think, is going to be... I think Matthew's going to win probably both immunities, depending on what the challenges are. But, like, the dude can't be stopped. So I wouldn't be surprised if he wins, at least if they do the same final three immunity and he's there for the final three immunity. Mm-hmm. He probably wins that. Okay. I think he takes Rob. And I think the votes... Okay, let's go down the jury list real quick. Okay. Very quickly. So, Dave, I think, goes to Rob. But it's kind of a wild card. He's kind of in the middle. Dina, 1,000% goes to Rob. Alex probably goes for Matthew. Christy goes for Rob. Yeah. Heidi, I think, goes for Rob. And that would also make Jenna and Butch. So, Jenna goes for Rob. Butch goes for Matt. I think it's a 5-2. Okay. All right. My guess. Well, then... Though, Dave... Like I said, Dave's kind of a wild card, so it could be 4-3. Sure. Then I will let you hang on that. Anything you'd like to promote? Oh, I promoted him a couple times. I'm going to do it again. Will Wood. (laughs) This artist... So, I... The reason I'm saying this is I... We saw Across the Spider-Verse, and I saw a TikTok of different dot scenes Mm. with Will Wood's song, The Main Character, over it. It's really fucking good. Okay. And I, I hadn't discovered that album. He, he had an album that came out in 2022 that is incredible. And everyone should listen to Nice. I do fully believe that Will Wood will be a will be much more famous in the next five years. Okay. Oh. I like that. Jared making, calling a shot. Yeah. I'm going to promote the game that I picked up at, well, one, Dice Dojo. If, you've ever, if you live in Chicago and you haven't been to Dice Dojo and you like board games, go to Dice Dojo. It's fucking great. I picked up this game. If you have any connection to like gambling or horse racing, one, seek help. But two, (laughs) this game is great. It's called Ready, Set, Bet. And it's horse racing, but you're betting in live time. So you're like, you're rolling dice to control how the horse go. But everybody else is betting on this game and you can bet for almost the entire race until three people cross a certain threshold Mm. and then all bets are closed and you do four races and the person who has the most money at the end of four races wins and there are prop bets and there are certain like cards that you can do to give you bonuses or it's great and the thing that really put it over the top for my family is i'm like okay you could just roll the dice play the game but we gave the horses names of course i did the the announcer thing while i'm rolling the horse dice and it was so much fun we had a blast it sounds like camel cup it is a little bit or like camel, camel cup sounds like it yeah <laughs> yeah i uh, anyway if you have a group of like seven or eight people great game mm.
Cool. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. My host Steven, this is Jared. Finale time! Woo! Bye-bye. Oh, I didn't have so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>